Welcome to the Canine PT Academy Podcast. Business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapists. Introducing your host, Dr. Francisco Maya. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Canine PT Academy Podcast, Business Lessons for Canine Rehabilitation Therapist. First of all, uh, this is our uh, last episode before the holidays, before Christmas. So for those of you who celebrate the holidays, just wanted to wish happy holidays, Merry Christmas to everyone. Um, also going to be recording the episode for, uh, it's going to come out right before the New Year's Eve, uh, not New Year's Eve, but before New Year's Eve, on Thursday before New Year's Eve, uh, very soon as well, but just want to wish everyone happy holidays and a great new year. Uh, I know myself, I'm just super pumped, super excited for 2023 and uh, just working right now on planning for it, for both the clinic and also for this business, for our podcast, for our coaching programs and everything that come along with it. And it, it just makes me very excited. We have an annual planning meeting coming out on December 29th with a whole staff where I'm I'm gonna close the clinic for the full day. I've done that every year. And then we just go through some different exercises, reflecting exercise, thinking exercises. So that way we can all reflect back on the things that worked in 2022, things that did not work, what we can do better. And, and, and then what is our plan going into 2023? So that way we're all on the same page. And it's so it's always a busy time of the year, but it's always very exciting because it helps me set up the, the, the blueprint, the pathway on how 2023 is going to look like. And for me, I find that very excited. But for today's episode, we're going to be talking about selling in canine rehabilitation. Okay. And I feel like from the very first podcast episode back in August of this year, I have talked a lot about two main things um, that you, you know we should be familiar with, which is marketing and selling, right? Now, I don't think any of us would argue that there is marketing involved in canine rehabilitation, even if you rely on word of mouth referral primarily or veterinary referrals, or whatever it may be, those are still marketing strategies uh, that is gonna require you to make sure that those referrals keep on coming, basically. However, uh, uh, what I have found is that I have had uh, uh, more than uh, one person ask me for the questions about selling in canine rehabilitation. And I found that very interesting, very fascinating, to be honest, uh, primarily because no one would argue that there is the need for market, for marketing in canine rehabilitation, for marketing for our services. But yet some folks fail to understand the importance, the importance of selling our services as well. So because of that, I wanted to take the time today as hopefully you're thinking and reflecting on how 2023 is going to look like for you to discuss what I mean by selling in canine rehabilitation as well as some key things for you to keep in mind when it comes to that. Okay. Now, as a side note, okay, and I know I've mentioned this many times before, don't forget that you can go to our website, caninepttacademy.com, and we'll put the link in the show notes as well. But you can go and download our uh, completely free fee calculator, 
okay so what it is that is a, a, a calculator on a spreadsheet that you can download and it comes along with a training video that I walk you through with you on how to work through that calculator to determine how much you should be charging for your sessions taking into consideration your business your expenses what you need out of the business and so forth okay so for those of you who are thinking about who are contemplating about raising your rates in the new year I'll highly recommend looking at the calculator and working through that calculator if you haven't do, done so already okay don't raise your prices just without any planning also please don't make the mistake and i have already seen a couple of people posting that in different forums don't make the mistake of being like well i'm raising my price by two percent or i'm raising my price by two and a half by three percent like that's not going to make a dent if you're going to raise your prices raise your prices so that way, six months from now, you don't have to go through the same process again. And hopefully the fee calculator is going to help you figure it out how much it is that you need to charge to run the business that you want to run. Sounds good? All right. <clears throat> so let's talk about selling in canine rehabilitation. And to a certain extent, to be quite honest, selling in healthcare in general. Okay, because we can take all this concept that we're going to be talking about and apply to any healthcare field, being veterinary medicine, being a uh, physical therapy, being chiropractic, being whatever kind of stuff, the same concepts are honestly going to apply. Now, the, the, the question that I feel like we need to ask ourselves first is why is selling done and accepted in a lot of aspects of healthcare? And to be honest, in a lot of facets of our lives as well, but we don't consider selling when we're talking directly to a patient, right? There is tons of selling in healthcare, either being equipment, either being medical devices, either being insurance companies and whatever it may be. But somehow when we are the ones talking to our patients, we don't necessarily connect that as, as, a, 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 as a selling component of the business, right? So think about it. You're selling something to, any, to someone at all times and someone is selling something to you at all times now the difference might be that sometimes there isn't necessarily a monetary transaction associated with it but selling is happening all around the problem is that once money gets involved that's when we let our emotions get in the way and once our emotions get in the way that's when we stop thinking critically that's when we stop thinking rationally but there is selling involved. For example, the biggest example I can give is selling a client, a pet owner, on the importance of doing the home exercise program. Now, there isn't a monetary transaction involved with it because that is already part of the rehab program you're doing with them. But you're selling them on the importance of being complying with it. So hopefully that makes sense. But somehow when a monetary amount, when money gets involved with it, then suddenly we get emotional about it, right? And we're also taught, and I talked about this before, but we're also taught as healthcare professionals, as canine rehab therapists, that what matters the most is our clinical skills, our certificates, and the letters behind our names. When in reality, the public, the general pet, ownership population really doesn't care much about that 
all those things are important for the most part to validate their decision to work with you a decision that should have been made already after you build a relationship with them after you build a message that talks to them after you spoke with them on the phone and you show them the value on what you can help them with because here here's the truth guys I, and 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 I've said this again. I'm not saying that we shouldn't become better therapists. That we shouldn't work on our craft and take courses and whatever it may be. What I'm saying is that we also need to tie that up with learning other strategies like marketing, selling, and whatever it may be that are actually going to help us put our craft in place. Because you can be the best canine rehab therapist in your area, in your city, in your state. But what good are your clinical skills if people are only seeing you for two or three sessions and then falling off and not completing a full rehab program? Right? Your goal should not be necessarily just to get more and more clinical skills, just to get more and more letters behind your name, but instead on focusing on how to put those skills that you're acquiring into maximum usage, how to leverage that at the best that you can. And the way to do that is going to be through marketing, is going to be through selling. And what we need to realize about selling is that it is about helping people make a decision. When you really look and you try to define what selling is, that's what it is about. It is about helping people make a decision. And selling can and should be done in a professional and ethical way that's going to put their best interest first, your potential client's best interest at first. So then the question that I often ask people who shy away from selling, who feel icky about it, who thinks it's wrong to be selling in canine rehabilitation is if you shy away from selling someone on something that you know that they need, on something that you know you can help them with, but if you shy away from doing so because you are the one feeling uncomfortable with the process of selling, you are the one feeling uncomfortable talking about money, then whose interest are you really putting it first? Their best interest on working with you to get their pet feeling better? Or your own interest on not feeling uncomfortable or, or, or I should say, not working through your feelings of feeling uncomfortable on, when you're talking about money, right? Whose interest are you putting first? And here's the thing. It is very common to shy away from selling. I have this very different mindset on selling now, but that wasn't the same thing five plus years ago. So, it, you know, please don't feel awkward about it. Please don't feel like, oh my God, am I the only one who feels this way? No, that's very common. And the reason why we shy away from selling is because of the fear of rejection. And it's not so much that every single one of you guys listening to this podcast right now understands that you need to charge what you're worth, that you potentially need to raise your rates. It's that most of you don't want to find out that that uh, 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 people might not want pay for your services. Most of you don't want to hear any pushback whatsoever on your services. Most of you don't want to hear 
that, well, what you have to offer sounds wonderful, but I'm going to go to the cheaper clinic across town. Because when people reject our fees, we take that personally, especially if you're running a one-person show, if you're the one doing those phone calls, it, it, it makes you feel inferior. It makes you feel defeated to a certain extent. It's, it's normal human nature to feel that way. So what we do, what our brain does, is to avoid putting the, us in that position. Avoid putting us in that position where we're going to feel uncomfortable, where we're going to feel rejected, where we're going to feel inferior. And then we don't want to talk about it. And then we don't want to raise our rates. And then we start telling ourselves things to justify our own behavior. Start telling ourselves things like, well, well, but I, I, I didn't get into this field for the money. Well, more money, more problems. Right? You know, all those things that we grew up hearing, all those things that you probably have heard yourself and other people in the field saying. But then at the end of the day, we're running the business. At the end of the day, you, you, you have a household to run. If it's you, family, kids, significant other, you have bills to pay. You have student loans to pay. You have a mortgage or rent to pay. Right? We got to take those things into consideration. And I feel that as, as, as healthcare professionals and as human beings in general, we have this uh, native feeling of wanting to be liked on trying to please people. That's a whole human trait, but it's even more so in the healthcare field. No matter if you're a physical therapist, a, a, a veterinarian, vet tech, chiropractor, whoever. Because the, the, the healthcare field attracts more people that want to please other people that wants to be liked by other people, which then leads us towards us bending backwards to make sure that people like us. And one way that our brain wants to make sure that people likes us is by people not pushing back on our prices, not pushing back on, our, on us raising our fees. But if you really, really dissect this, should that be our goal? Should our goal be to be liked? Or would we be better off instead if we focused on actually being respected? On actually uh, 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 putting their best interest in mind and not ours. Right? Because guess what? Selling is something that we do for people, not to people. And like I said before, if you shy away from selling someone on something that they need just because you are the one feeling uncomfortable, then whose interest are you putting at first? The reason why you're selling people on your value and what you're worth it is for their own best benefit. So you're not doing this to them, you're doing this for them. You're doing this so you can properly help their pet while at the same time like helping your family, while at the same time helping your employees, while at the same time running a business that is sustainable, while at the same time not burning yourself out, not getting stressed out, not getting anxiety every day, every week, every month from being in this roller coaster ride that it is being a business owner. So hopefully that's making sense. Hopefully you guys are taking this in 
and hopefully changing your mindset on what selling really entails. Okay, because money is not the true concern for most people. Money is not the true concern for most people. Their true concern is actually the fear of spending that money and not being confident that they're going to receive the return on their investment. Not being confident that the money that they're spending is actually going to be worth it. Okay? Because you're selling value. You're not selling rehab. You're not selling chiropractic. You're not selling physical therapy. You're not selling acupuncture. You're selling a change. You're selling value. You're selling something that you can really bring into their lives and their pets' lives. And you need to be able to craft a message. You need to be able to build a relationship, build the systems around your business that's going to show to people why what you have to offer is worth the money that you're asking for. Okay, because selling is about influence someone into making a decision, like we talked earlier, but that should be done with integrity. So it doesn't have to be this uh, uh, um, this lack of integrity kind of selling that we tend to see in movies, in TV shows, in you know, used car salesman pitch kind of stuff. No, absolutely not. Selling should not be about fear, putting like fear into our pay, into our clients of saying, well, but if you don't do this, if you don't come see me three times a week for the next eight weeks, your pet's not going to get better. No, that's not what selling is about. Selling is about influencing someone with integrity, with an ethical behavior, so that you can help them achieve a positive outcome that they couldn't reach without you. Okay? And like I mentioned earlier, we're not selling rehabilitation. We're not selling physical therapy. We're not selling chiropractic. Those are the services that you provide. We're not selling laser therapy. We're not selling underwater treadmill. Those are modalities that you provide. What we're selling is value. What we're selling is certainty. So stop thinking, please. Stop thinking that you're actually taking something away from them when you collect their money. And instead realize that you're giving them a solution to a problem that they have. Now, a big challenge that we have in the field of canine rehabilitation is that um, what we're selling doesn't come with an instant gratification and doesn't come with a certainty in the outcome, right? Like, if I could guarantee that 100% of my patients are going to get better, oh my God, that'll be the easiest thing to sell. But of course I can't because we know that that's not feasible and we don't have that instant gratification either, right? For example, if I buy something on Amazon this morning, it can be on my doorstep. If not later this afternoon or evening, it can be on my doorstep tomorrow. That's instant gratification right there. I know the outcome. I know what I'm getting out of it. But we don't have that in canine rehab, right? And if you want them to figure it out how to work with you, then you have to figure it out how you can afford people more time to make a decision. 
Because here's the thing, guys. That very first phone call, and those of you who have gone through my Business Accelerator program, I, you know I preach this a lot. The very first phone call when someone calls you to inquire about your services, it's not about getting them scheduled for an initial evaluation. It is not about that. But that's not how most of us see things. Most of us think that, well, if you didn't book an initial evaluation on that call, like that was a waste of time. The goal should be on that call for you to build a relationship with them, for you to listen to them, for you to to show the value that you bring and how you can help them. Yes, some of them at the end of that call could be ready to book an evaluation, but most of them won't, and that's okay. That's when you put systems in place, nurturing systems in place that then are going to work later on. And remember, when we're talking about selling, okay, I think I mentioned this before, but if I didn't, please take note. When we're talking about selling, selling is going to be a transfer of four main things. Selling is a transfer of energy, a transfer of trust, a transfer of confidence, and a transfer of clarity. And you need to start seeing yourself as transferring those things to people. Energy, trust, confidence, and clarity. I promise to you, it's going to be much easier for you to charge what you're worth when you focus on transferring those feelings to people rather than focusing on the monetary transaction that is going to come out of it. I promise you. I promise you, it will make a huge impact. But then sometimes the pushback, or not, I wouldn't say necessarily the pushback, but the question I get, and to be honest, the questions that I was asking myself five years ago too, is like, well, but what are people going to think of me? What are my sometimes even, you know, of course we all think like, well, what are clients going to think of me? Are they going to think I'm money hungry? But then the ones that hurt the most and make the most challenges for us emotionally to make it through is actually the people closest to us. Is is us thinking, well, what are my friends and family going to think about me? What are my colleagues going to think about me? Right? Are they going to think I'm just on this for the money? Are they going to think that I don't care about the pets? Right? Those, that's a normal feeling. That's a normal feeling. But what I can tell you is to please stop worrying about what other people are thinking, especially colleagues and family. Instead, think about you first. They don't pay your bills. They're not on your shoes. They don't live your life. They don't have your goals. They don't have your aspirations for what you want in life and for what you want in business. Okay, And for potential clients, if you have that fear of like, oh, but what are potential clients going to think about me? If people have a problem with the way you do business, with you actually trying to help them, then odds are that their real problem is not with you, but with themselves. Okay, And the best advice I can give in that scenario is to let them go. And let them go dream someone else's life. Like you don't want people going to see you because you are the cheapest option in town. 
that should not be the clientele that you want to attract. Like, I have no issues whatsoever if someone says that, like, I really love what you guys do and I really appreciate the call and this, this and that. But I'm going to go to the place that is cheaper. I understand their decision. That's fine. I, I don't blame them for it. That's fine. But I also don't kick myself over it. And I'm not saying that that was something right away that it happened, that it was just a flip of switch. It took me, I would say, a good couple of years to work through me uh, 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 feeling this way and feeling confident, feeling uh, uh, okay with this scenario. But I'm telling you right now, that's going to be very liberating for you if you start working on that yourself as well. Okay, and, 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 and to wrap it up, for us to close it up, please never forget that it is okay for you to make money while helping others. Never forget that it is okay for you to make money in canine rehabilitation. Please stop telling yourselves that there is no money to be made in canine rehabilitation or that you shouldn't be making money or that you got this for the passion. Yeah, we, we all got into this field for the passion, for our passion to help pets, to help them feel better. We all did. But that doesn't mean that we cannot make money while doing so. Because to be constantly serving everyone else without taking care of yourself is going to lead you towards a downward spiral. Believe me, being there, done that. And if you are good at what you do, then what I will tell you, and this, to be honest, this might feel hard to hear right now, for some of you at least. But what I'll tell you is that if you're good at what you do, then you have a moral and an ethical obligation to charge what you're worth. To charge potentially higher prices than you're charging today so you can actually keep helping those pets, keeping helping those people in the long run. Okay, let me just leave you with this final thought. If you don't charge what you're worth, and what you should be charging to run a business that works for you and fulfills what you want in life, then how do you think you're going to be able to help them if you're not around? How would you be able to help them in five years, in 10 years, in 15 years from today? If you're getting burnt out, drained, and stressed out to the point of potentially even leaving the field of canine rehabilitation altogether because of all of these feelings, rather than tr figuring it out how to make this business something that works for you. And that's why, even though it might be hard to hear right now, that's why you have an ethical and a moral obligation to charge what you're worth. Thank you for listening to another episode of the K9PT Academy podcast, Business Lessons for K9 Rehabilitation Therapists. If you enjoyed what we had to say, 
please make sure to share or subscribe to our podcast or even leave us a review. You can also email us at hello at caninptacademy.com. That's hello at caninptacademy.com with any questions or suggestions. And go to caninptacademy.com to find more resources and content, including our fee calculator spreadsheet, which is absolutely free and will help you determine how much you should be charging for your sessions. Because let's face it, determining what we should be charging is one of the biggest struggles we have as business owners in the canine rehabilitation field. You can also find all of that information and more under the show notes. Finally, I would just like to add a disclaimer that any of my thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are mine and mine alone, and in no way reflect the opinion or position of any other organization or company I may be associated with. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you're not having fun and enjoying life or running your business, then what's the point in doing so? So please go ahead and start having some fun.